and we're live. Woohoo! All right. Hello. Hi. I am eating cereal because because I was eating cereal. Marlon made me feel like cereal. Mm. We um we definitely are recording one week later, exactly one week later from when we finished recording the other episode, and not you know like ten minutes. Um. So I did not just in the break go and get some cereal. Yeah, but it, that's okay. You were just is, hungry for un. Unrelated reasons. I've been hungry for a week since <laughs> when we record finished recording that last episode. You mentioned cereal. Yep. And then exactly. you know I've just been waiting to start this recording a whole seven days later and not seven minutes later. Yep. Um, it is to it eat is, some cereal. It is now Saturday, the nineteenth of January, which I saw from my calendar. Also. Um, this will totally bite us in the bud if since then Apple would have announced something, but because we're all on a strict no technology or news hiatus, <laughs> we wouldn't know about it. That's the reason why we're not talking about the new and unexpected iPhone, iMac, iMac Pro and Mac Pro. So yes, we'll... that is absolutely, absolutely correct. Um, by the time you have listened to this, I will not have been to Melbourne and back, and I will not have watched the Australian Open and not have gone to the cricket. Wait, you're going to, to the tennis match? Yes, yes. That's why I'm going down to Melbourne. And yeah. um, that is also why we cannot record on the 19th slash 20th. Oh, that is fun. That's I, exciting. I mean, we can record like we're doing right now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> have you yes. been to the uh, Australian Open before? Yes, I think think once or twice oh cool i don't know but yeah it's uh it should be good um i'm looking forward always to it. looks fun um, always looks incredibly hot though yeah it does yeah it often is i haven't actually checked the weather how it's supposed to be but hopefully it's not too warm i think um i think we are going to the tennis at night so okay. it should be okay either way but yeah. i mean sort of, melbourne it's, is... it's really nice like no. it's a good time of year to be in melbourne the city's sort of buzzing it is like, i don't think despite ever been. how much i would love to sit here and say sydney is the sporting capital of australia that is frankly not true <laughs> melbourne just lights up when it holds, hosts sporting events like this so I, i've never been to melbourne you know, during summer I only been during the winter. No, we have. Have we? With my family. Yeah, but the weather sucked. <laughs> well, you kind of have that in, in Melbourne, though. It's like, it's middle of summer, it's beautiful one day, and the next day it's hailing. You're like, oh. oh, yeah, it's What? You're saying that hail isn't a nice weather? We also had, we ha- had an unexpected sandstorm all of a sudden. That was yeah, nice, too. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, this is Melbourne. That's Melbourne weather. One minute it's nice so, and sunny, the next one you have a sandstorm. I learned that, well, I'm pretty sure that I can upgrade the head unit in my car to oh. a CarPlay one. Ooh. Um, Officially or a third-party one? It would be like a third-party one from like an electronics store. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can do it through Toyota, but that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little bit pricey. It's like $500. Um, okay. But I do plan on keeping this car for probably about five years so mm. i i think i can justify that cost um so, which one is it so which head unit? oh there's there's many to choose from okay um so i haven't i haven't settled on one okay but. i think last time i checked the sony one was pretty decent okay i feel i feel i was a bit last time we spoke to this i wasn't asking this question but i feel like i'm just a bit out of the whole carplay universe like what's the benefit of having carplay rather than just mounting your phone to the to the window like, what do you actually get from it? It's being able to use 
your phone and its apps on your car's display, like the the head unit thing that they have there. Is it also um, getting like steering like wheel integration? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. So, like, okay. for answering and declining calls, steering wheel integration, for, like, playing and pausing. Okay. Oh, actually, not playing and pausing, but for volume and skipping tracks and, like, music tracks, you okay. can control it on the steering wheel. Um, yeah, and depending on, on your car setup, if you have any kind of navigation abilities within the... Uh, uh, next to the... Uh, what do you call that speedometer? Um, if you have any kind of direction input there, and you're using maps on your on your um, CarPlay for navigation, it would also show up there. Okay, but you would things. you would oh, activate that's cool. but I you would activate that. the navigations from the unit, not from your phone. Yeah, it, it looks that... like a regular head unit. So, so it's a head so unit, and it kind of looks all? like iOS, I guess, uh, iPhone OS two or something. It's like a black background. So what do you um, get from your? You don't need your phone. Like all the if you would want to dictate no, no, a text message or a phone call. Phone. That would go through the phone. It's almost like an external display yeah. for your phone, okay. but okay. it's got a custom UI. So okay. it's, it doesn't look like the it's... iOS springboard that we know. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's definitely right, like inspired by it. But it, if you it, would have an Android yeah. device, it wouldn't work, right? I mean, there's also um, the Android car. Android Auto. Auto, okay. that's the one. Yeah. Which is similar. Yeah, but that's by Google. It's not... You can't use something like... You can't use something like... CarPlay with an Android device, right? You need no, no. To- CarPlay no. only. CarPlay okay. is really. It's really. You connect your phone, and then your phone drives the display, and yeah. the display passes touch inputs to your phone, that then interprets that and kind of drives the entire interface. Mm. But that means you can then have like your music and like third-party podcast players and those kind of things. They will show up in the dashboard, and you can continue to play your podcast from there, or you can change your. Uh, you can use your maps navigation and those kind of things. Okay. So just and fun fact: if you take a screenshot of your iPhone while you have while you're connected to CarPlay, it will also screenshot the CarPlay head unit. Yeah. That's cool. Ah, that's interesting. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's it kind of works like extensions, I think, right? Like, uh, that would make sense. I think wanted- so. Yeah, it's another like extension point for your app. Mm. But what's and it's, your? It's another way for it to display its interface. But you need to be a proof app. Or you need yeah, like, that's a what special- I thought. Yes. I mean, that makes sense because you don't want people to put more distracting type of apps on a car, exactly. or on a car unit. Yeah. I don't think you'd want Flappy Bird for your car. <laughs> well, people want it, but <laughs> I don't think they should. I don't think that would be a very safe idea. <laughs> I mean, not yet. We're, we're, we're slowly getting to a place where, where we have autonomous vehicles. I mean, yeah, it's like... Looking at CES, it seems like everyone's working on it. I mean, everyone's working on on what a car should look like know, if it's self-driving, but no one can make it self-driving. I know. So I'm sorry. We're solving the wrong problems first, but I mean, whatever floats your boat. Um, but I, that's actually, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about that. Uh, do we want to talk about the future of technology today? Oh, we already sort of talked about the future of Apple. Yeah, but for a year, I'm more talking about the kind of stagnation of technology and what's what might be the next bigger thing. We have a lot. Do we want to move that to next? Sure. Time. Never. Like, I think I definitely want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. But I also don't know if this is the best episode for it, considering we're time constrained yeah. and we have a lot of stuff that we should probably get through anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but I definitely want to talk about it. It, this is just, 
yeah, this is just to keep you on your keep you engaged, Kai, so that you keep on showing up every week. You're like, maybe we will talk about the topic I want this time. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he'd ditch us and start his own exactly. fun facts podcast. <laughs> oh. All right. So, speaking of driving and cars and all the fun things, anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm interested how you I, I, get yourself through that segue. I don't. I even can't know. say that. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I have to rephrase. I don't Speaking know. of driving I, and cars and all of that stuff, I was... I don't even know what where you were going with I that. I'm looking at all the topics we have on our list. I was like, no, no this I, is I was, going to the fact that Zach was driving through his car when his insulin pump showed him low battery. No, yes, yes, that is the transition. Yeah. But I was, was going to say <laughs> driving and stuff and all the fun things you can do with cars. And just, it, anyway. Um, so... Oh, now I have to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was driving somewhere a couple of weeks ago. Not very interesting. Um, I'm just, sorry. A, just a routine drive, you know, about an hour. Um, about 15 minutes into this drive, I get a, uh, I want to say notification. I guess it's a notification, a beep, a buzz, whatever it is on the screen of my reasonably new insulin pump. So I've just upgraded the insulin pump. I upgraded it last month, actually, for the first time in five years. It's about the way it works. You, you upgrade these things. Roughly every five years, if your health fund is kind and feeling generous. Um, and it said your your insulin pump has enough battery for 30 minutes of um, of insulin delivery. After that, minutes. delivery will stop. And what? Like, you got a 30 yeah. minutes warning? A 30 minute warning. Yeah. But this could have so, happened in the middle of the night, too. That's really weird that they give a 30 exactly. minutes. Exactly. So. Uh, I will get it. It wasn't truly a 30 minutes warning. I had a tiny bit of heads up before that, but I'll explain why it wasn't. I didn't like identify the heads up, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, and it, it was pretty true to its word. About 30 minutes later, it stopped delivering insulin, which is super dangerous because like you kind of need insulin. Um, but this is the part that sort of annoyed me the most it continued to beep and buzz for about another 10 minutes after that. And I know that the the vibration motor on these insulin pumps is what consumes like a huge <laughs> amount of the battery. I, I am pretty confident that it could have gotten another couple of hours, at least if I didn't touch it and like didn't turn on the, the color screen or anything. I'm pretty confident there was another couple of hours of insulin delivery there if it didn't vibrate continuously for like the next that's 10 so minutes silly. so anyway i was driving this thing was going crazy um fortunately i was going somewhere that's fairly populated and i could pop into a store and just pick up a pack of of double a batteries um mm -hmm. when i got there uh so it wasn't a huge concern i did end up with like 15 minutes of no insulin but that's again not a huge deal because i was able to um adjust pretty quickly but i really like that it kind of angered me and i spent like the whole rest of the trip thinking about it because like that's ridiculous to give a 30 minutes warning on something where mm -hmm. Uh, something where you kind of need this and also to, for the solution to be um, a hard shut off, but still like hard shut off of insulin delivery, but continue to Oh, wait, it's uh, alert you. alerting you even if the insulin didn't go through? It did for about 10 minutes, yeah. So okay. it was like, oh, your okay. insulin delivery has stopped, uh, <laughs> replace the batteries now. And basically it did that until it died completely. Hmm. Um so, Jesus. yeah, it's uh, like that's really bad. Like, you have one job to deliver insulin. That <laughs> I think, honestly, if you have power left in your in the battery, yeah, that you need to prioritize insulin delivery. Do, do they um, have like a power saving mode? You could have. Nope. 
Nope. I mean, your um, phone, your phone is not uh, life critical. It tells you hours before it runs out yeah. that it's on twenty yeah. percent, and offers. Do you want to do battery saving? You're like, okay, and yeah. then it lasts another six, seven hours. But an insulin yeah. pump that only kills you if it doesn't work. How about a thirty minute warning? And you know what? Yeah. Because we warned you so much, how about we 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 don't give you any insulin anymore? Is, yeah. How, how and about I underst- that? Is, I understand that nice? the need to alert people but i also think maybe once i've acknowledged the warning and hit the okay button maybe it doesn't need to continue just give you an option of saying like emergency button of give me as as much insulin as long as you can i don't need any more warnings i just don't want to stop the delivery and i will not touch you i will not turn on your screen until i put a new battery and that's fine because it's uh, the screen is off if you don't uh, interact with it Mm -hmm. um but yeah like Anyway, that so that annoyed me. But the reason I found myself in that position was I did ignore a warning earlier in that day that said low battery or whatever. Like it gave me a little prompt, and the little battery indicator went red. Um, but on the same day, so, on the same day, so Even that morning, that I think, <laughs> yeah, it's not a huge warning. But so the reason I ignored it is because the insulin pumps uh, I've had two in the last ten year over the last ten years. So the insulin pumps I've used for the last ten years. When they give a low battery warning, there's at least a week left. Like I've stretched it beyond a week and I never had any issues before. Uh, obviously doing that where I have a spare battery handy. So it's not a, a huge concern. I'm not like trying to push the boundaries of these things. But um, yeah, this, this insulin pump is, is newer and it has a, um, a, a like a color screen. I don't know what technology it's using, but has a color screen instead. So the battery already lasted way less time than the... Um, than the old insulin pump about it lasted a, less than a month where the old one would be two maybe two and a half if i'm lucky well at least um, you now have a nice color screen to to show you that oh you yeah, don't get any so more important. insulin isn't that isn't that worth it <laughs> yeah super super valuable um but yeah so i thought okay like i've got you know at least a couple of days like not a big deal um but yeah i think that was a it was a bit of a rude shock like what if i had been going somewhere hmm. Um, that was, you know, say an hour in the other direction and there might not have been a service station for, you know, 100 kilometers or whatever. Like 30 minutes warning is not a long point of, like, did, period of time. Did the initial um, warning tell you at all how long, like how much battery was left? The one that you get earlier in the day? No. So it just said like low battery, you know, replace soon <laughs> or whatever. That's the ridiculous part that like... It's so inconsistent too that your earlier ones usually kept on for like yeah. one to two and weeks. If you looked at um, if you looked at the battery indicator when it gave the low battery warning, you would think like oh, it's got like twenty percent left. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not like they're showing a completely empty battery. It's just like like the iPhone where it goes red and it shows that it's still a little bit. There's still a little bit there. Um, so I don't like, I don't have a. There's no point to me saying this. It's more just a little bit of frustration around. Um, the priorities, I guess, of of but how this was thing, designed. Right? This is this is a. I mean, this is definitely in the class of medical devices, and I feel like mm-hmm. in general regulation is often cumbersome. But for medical devices, and I'm sure they had to go through a lot of regulation yeah. anyway to to be approved at all. Why wouldn't the the thing that powers the device and how it tells you how much power it has why isn't that regulated why don't they all have to give you an I don't know one like, week warning so you're not you know you don't want people to just die because they changed the system <laughs> that yeah. is ridiculous I'm just yeah. wondering if like the argument from them might be that like it's safer for them if they 
keep on reminding you in case someone misses the notification or something. Which is Absolutely. fair if you still Absolutely. have a week yeah. left. It's yeah. not yeah. fair when it's like, by the way, minutes. half a, half an hour. Yeah. And we now use the half an like if like if, if that's the case, send a warning earlier so that people can actually mm-hmm. prepare to. And even even if it's a key yeah. combination, right? If if it's like you have to hit OK key and the side button and hold him for five seconds and then starts beeping and saying if you keep holding this for another three seconds i go into a power saving mode and i will yep, no longer yep. notify you are you really sure okay now you have two hours left that would mm-hmm. that would be fine that right? would be a lot better yeah it, it's an improvement it's still not like it's not ideal, great but, but it's okay it's, it's, it's better than i i now vibrate and keep telling you what i already told you that you're already okayed instead of delivering insulin that is just an exactly. absurd decision exactly and like, i mean fortunately like you know batteries are not difficult to come by you can get them most service stations like supermarkets anyway if you're if you're in them if you're in um the suburbs or if you're in the city or it's easy but you know what if you're on a train going somewhere that's a couple of hours away or Mm. or driving again like i said like you know if you're going on a highway or something there might not be a petrol station for 100 kilometers and it takes more than 30 minutes to drive 100 kilometers to the next petrol station like it's not um it's not convenient to do that or you know you could be going for a, a walk like a hike as as i guess it's yeah, called yeah. in north america where you're you know going a bit remote and you don't have access to um to a pet like i know um sometimes i go to the national park the kringai chase in mm. sydney which um is a really nice place but once you're inside this national park and sort of the beach we go to is like you know it's probably like 40 minutes from the entry to the park um Plus, it's a 40-minute drive and then another 40-minute walk or so. So, it's like at that point, you're, you know, almost two hours away from uh, from any kind of petrol station or anywhere where you could buy batteries. Mm. And, like, what happens if you're on the beach? And it's like, oh, 30-minute warning, but have fun taking two hours to get them. So, obviously, like, now I'm taking steps to have this not happen again and carrying a battery or two with me in my bag at all times, but just not... I wasn't in that habit because I'm so used to getting this warning and thinking, oh, great, I have a week. Like, I'm never in a, a situation where I'm not going home uh, for more than a week. I can grab a battery the next time I'm at home. So, yeah, I don't know. And I guess to change, like, to get users accustomed to one thing and then to change this in a, in a new machine. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's a perfect warning. example where a problem was mostly solved already and then someone thought, hey, now we have new technology. Yeah, Let's unsolve some of those problems mm-hmm. just to make the screen more colorful. It's just I'll absurd. tell you, it does not need a color screen. There is zero benefit. I was thinking maybe it's like in certain conditions, it's really hard to see the color uh, when it's when it's not a colored screen or something. But yeah, I, I, for yeah. this type of device, so the I old one it. was like it was kind of like e-paper, but it had a backlight. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah. Could see it in any condition. You can see it yeah. like in the night too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem seeing it at night. And obviously that does use a bit of battery if you decide to turn on the backlight, but that's okay. Like, that's what it's there for. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's absurd. Just, actually, the old one, when it was in a super low, like the low battery state, where it still lasts about a week, it wouldn't turn on the backlight at all and it wouldn't vibrate. So it would only do audio alerts. Oh, so and, they already um, had like a better behavior before too. Yeah, the old one had a good a good low battery mode. <laughs> Yeah, that's, so, that's the worst part of that. Those kind of things frustrate me about technology, where people, for the perception of advancement, make things worse just because there was nothing else to to improve yeah. but putting a color screen. In. Is it the same company or really is it fresh. a completely different company? It is the same company, and that's what? why that's why I went with them because I'm like, well, we know they've 
we know they can build good products. We've used them for the last 10 years. They're pretty reliable. Um, surely this is going to be okay. And it, it feels like in every step, in every way, this um, this product is a regression. So the the only arguably like forward stepping thing that this product does, this insulin pump does over the other one is it's supposedly more waterproof. Um, you could in theory take it into a pool or like at least if you fell into a pool or found yourself stuck in the rain, like you don't have to worry about it breaking. That is a huge advantage, mm-hmm. I admit. Um, but also when I when I went to pick it up from the hospital, I was told, yeah, but it's waterproof, but I also wouldn't go swimming with it if you can avoid <laughs> it. Like it's not waterproof enough that um, it's not like your iPhone is now where you probably are going to be fine if you take it in water. Apparently mm-hmm. that's not the case with it. So even then the waterproofing is arguably a step forward. Um Everything else about it is worse. So the casing is actually weaker. They've moved to um, a different type of plastic that is apparently uh, a lot easier to crack. Um, it's, I don't think the color screen's an advantage. It's slightly thicker, slightly heavier. It takes a double A instead of a triple A battery, which again adds to the weight and the thickness. And it's also uh, a bit more difficult to use if you're not holding it in front of you and that sounds weird but i used to be able to sort of just use it by like while i clipped the insulin pump to my belt and i used to usually just be able to control it by like looking at my belt and pressing the buttons Mm -hmm. this one is a bit more difficult to use upside down so i think in almost every way it's a step backwards um so i my plan is when when this battery uh runs out which is i'm probably about three weeks away from that happening i think i will Go back to the old one. Okay, so um, they do still sell the old one. Oh, so I've got I've got the old one. So okay. we own it. Okay, um, good. Yeah, it was just it was time for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I keep usually keep old ones around as spares in case anything happens to yeah, the, my yeah. main one. Um, I'll take that on take that when I'm traveling in case I need a spare insulin pump because it's a lot easier to use a spare one than to try and buy an insulin pump while you're overseas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. that would not be something I want to do. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to switch back at least until the the advantage of this one is supposed to be that it can connect with um, a continuous glucose monitoring technology, but I don't have that system set up yet with this company. So, um, until until that is ready, and that will be a few months, I think I'm going to go back to the old one just because mm-hmm. there's no real advantage to this new one and I had no problem with the old one. I don't know. Like, it feels weird to be choosing to use older yeah, in theory but, worse technology but, but i don't think like it's this, worse like you rather want the one that you've been testing for a while that's been reliable than yeah, than having like a fancier it's, it's one it's just it's just a better product right it's not like you're not familiar with the new it one. is it's it, it's that that would be different right it, it's not really a you you don't want change it's more like i would like to know more than a day ahead when the thing runs out of battery and i would rather have it not Definitely. stop delivering insulin when it's about to run out of battery it's just i mean <laughs> it's crazy mm-hmm. i i don't know i was yeah I, I was a little bit i was very surprised and in a little bit of shock and disappointment i guess when uh when that happened and i, th- I think i sent you a message saying hey we need to talk about this on the next next recording but yeah, yeah i don't know technology like i think this thing's job is to deliver insulin. That's how. That's when it's at its most valuable. Is when it's delivering insulin. I think. I think that's what needs to be the priority. And the fact that this, you know, we regressed in that sense. 
Uh, probably not the best um, it, upgrade. Are there, is there a lot of competition? It's not a huge amount. There's a few others. Uh, one of the the major competitor in in Australia, at least, I don't know how what the situation's like overseas, but their major competitor in Australia pulled out of the insulin pump market recently. Um, that would not have affected this product because this has been out for a little bit longer. Um, but so yeah, about six they, months ago, I think. Are they Australian products? Is it like a lo- local market? Is every country having their own insulin pumps? No, I don't think so. So the company is Medtronic, and I'm pretty sure they're a US-based company. Um, but there's a few. So I actually okay. recently got a new insulin pump um, from Tandem, I believe is the company name. Um, that actually seems pretty cool. Uh, it's a little bit. It's still a little bit too new for me to be willing to jump on their product yet. I mean, for something that's so important mm-hmm. in life. But uh, it does. That one is a bit of an upgrade, and it's got like a touchscreen, and it's it's supposed to be pretty cool. And it syncs with the Dexcom, so you can look at your blood sugar right on the insulin pump, which is quite handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll probably be my next one in five years or so. Um, but for this for this half decade, I guess I wanted to go with uh, the brand that I knew. Mm. I also don't know if for something like that, a touchscreen is necessarily an improvement either. No, I, I almost don't think so because it's, I think it's an advantage to be able to use it without looking exactly. at the screen. Um, I, I do that routinely, not never for anything too major. Like if, if I stuffed up, it wouldn't be a big deal. It's not a matter of life and death, but for just little adjustments here and there, um, it's really good to not have to look at the screen. Yeah. And I mean... But- tactile buttons are also really good for accuracy and input you know it's it's just mm-hmm. you won't accidentally hit the wrong button as easily as exactly. you would have that on it also a uses with gloves on yep that is another benefit mm. Mm. so yeah. anyway hmm. oh well thank you for listening to my rambling <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for that's what we are here for that was a very weird way weird cadence in my sentence Moving on, coffee place. <laughs> ah, I have one more topic, and then <laughs> we can move away from Zach's topics for this week. So, look, I could actually segue the last topic into this one, but it would be a bit of a stretch, so I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so, as listeners of this show will know, and as you two will both definitely know, uh, I go on about the the coffee that I get from this place at uni a lot, like. In my opinion, it's probably the best coffee I've had in Sydney. It's uh, the beans are white horse beans, and um, I don't know the guy at the at the cafe at Uni just makes a really good flat white. These beans are nice. Uh, he does the milk right, very consistent. Um, I, I I really like that coffee. Um, so I was um, I was talking to a friend or some friends who um, don't exactly live that close to me, and. Um, I was saying, oh yeah, I've been meaning to, um, I've been meaning to get out your way to try a cafe. Um, there's, there's this cafe I really want to try, and so I, I found a cafe that serves these beans. So you can't get the, um, you, the cafe at uni is closed on weekends. So I've never been able to find a place where I can, uh, get a coffee shop where I can go to and and drink this coffee on weekends. I, like there is a few around, but um, the main one, like Whitehorse themselves, have a a cafe in Sutherland, which is a part. Part of Sydney, like slightly south, um, and I have a friend who lives near there. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, there's a there's a cafe I really want to try. And I thought, you know, like I didn't think much of it, like didn't give it away any information or anything. I'm just like, yeah, one day I'll come down. Um, and she goes, oh, is that um, is that the White Horse place? I'm like, yes. 
And like, she's like, yeah, that's really busy all the time. Like lines out the door. There's like so many parents on the weekends who drop their kids at soccer and then will go drive out of their way to go to this coffee shop because it is that good. And everyone knows that it's that good. So I just wanted to say, I feel like I, um, my, my enjoyment of this coffee is now justified and validated by other people <laughs> who also enjoy this coffee as much as I, because when you drink, co- like when you, when you meet with friends at uni and, and get the coffee, everyone's like, yeah, it's good coffee. But like, no one's like super into coffee or has much else to compare it to. They're just like, they're just drinking coffee with the caffeine. Cause you know, uni students, that's, that's why people drink coffee at uni. Um, so, but anyway, it's kind of nice to know that this, um, these beans are actually amazing and that other people are willing to go out of their way to try them too and drink this coffee. So, um, it's a shame that we never got to try it while you were both in Sydney, but you know, maybe if you ever come back to visit, we can, we can make a trip to this white horse place. Um, all the, all the cafe at uni. Is it at 137 Flora street in Sutherland by any chance? It's in Sutherland. I don't know the exact address, okay. but probably. All right. If you only had an app for writing coffee places. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures. I have to go right there. And, have you, and so, you ever, did you end, ever end up going? I haven't been yet. No, this this discussion happened like last week. What is okay. the, what is the coffee but place at uh, your university called? It's called Cafe 80. Um, Cafe 80? Cafe 80, because it's in Building 8 at university. So, they decided to add a zero and be done with the name. Um, the Why cafe in Building 10 is called Cafe, Cafe 10. Are you sure it's I don't know. I guess Cafe 80 has a nicer ring to it. Okay. Um, but is it in the, the jo- thing, George Street, Parramatta? No, no, this no, is the one Cafe at, 80. Uh, yeah. It'd be in Ultimo. Oh. I did find, um, uh, I found a shop that you're talking about, Zach, I think. Uh, and the cups, the takeaway cups are like the brand for White Horse looks really cool, actually. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Pretty nice. So I will just say for anyone who might be listening and ever decides to go to Cafe 80, if you find yourself in Ultimo, um, it's right near the ABC, sort of near Haymarket, if you if you know the area, um, there's a trick. So Cafe 80 has <laughs> How many trips two do you need to go to cafe? Um, locations. It's in the same building, but there's a downstairs, which is like a full-on cafe and bar, which is open like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. or something. Um, they also serve White Horse coffee, but I would recommend going up the stairs to the little cafe that's on the entry to the building and it's just like there's usually one guy there tiny little cafe mainly just churning over coffees he makes the best flat white in sydney just just a tip if anyone decides to go and try uh this coffee at cafe 80 anyway cool that's all that i had to say <laughs> today this, that's, this that's it. episode <laughs> uh, oh yeah i'm done, done done for the week no um they were, they were my they were my few topics um just thought i'd get them out of the way now but um yeah on to on to Apple Activity App and lack of a great feature. Brackets. What is this about, to Marlon? Marlon? At least <laughs> um, someone doesn't agree. Is that what that means? No. So I, I don't know. Like this is just a feature request I have to Apple's Activity App, and I'm not sure if I'm missing this somewhere or if I should use a different app. But I started using the Activity App more, um, and I noticed. So if I'm going to the gym, for example, I might want to write down what I did at the gym like how many repetitions of something or what type of exercise I did. But there's like no way of noting that. Like I would love if there's like one, when I finish a workout that I could actually go into activity app and actually add a note for it that just like notes down what I did. Because like if you go to a gym, there's not really 
it's not very specific in what you're doing. Like going for an outdoor run, it's very obvious what you're doing. But I would love to have like a place where you can write down like how much you did, how long you like, um, like how long you did a specific exercise for, and those type of things. Is that a thing, or is this not a thing other people would like? Definitely not a thing in the Apple Activity app, as best I can tell. No. Um, a solution, but not like. Not a perfect solution, but something you could do is use an app like Heartwatch, which mm-hmm. will um, you can record the activities either with Heartwatch or with the Apple Activity app. That's fine too. Um, but if you if you use Heartwatch, you can add a note to any given day. You can't. I just checked. You can't add a note to a particular activity or workout session, but you can add a note for any given day. So it's not like it's not a perfect solution, but it could be a way that you keep a track keep track of that if you wanted to add notes associated with different days and different activities and things like that um again like not perfect i know it's not what you're looking for but it's something yeah um but yeah definitely doesn't exist in the apple activity app as far as i I know that would be nice i think it's a good good point yeah Um, because otherwise i would add like a calendar like my thought was to just create a calendar event like for that day ah, yeah. and then just write yeah. it down there. But then it's like, it's not syncing across with the actual exercise and I'm not seeing the actual mm-hmm. results. Uh, so that would be pretty cool if you have that. But I think you can, maybe you can like, can you export your activity or something to like a different format? Maybe you can do that. I know you can share your activity. You might be able to export it. Yeah, mm-hmm. might be able to do that. I'm going to look into that. Would be good. Um, yeah, no, it was just a question I had to you because I thought we spoke about this a couple, uh, three three weeks ago, right? Um, officially. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, two, <laughs> two. two a but, but it's the 19th today, so I think it was three weeks ago. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, man. My, my mind is somehow stuck <laughs> on the 12th or 13th. That's weird. It's crazy. Huh. Um, it yeah. feels so much like last weekend. It's, it's <laughs> odd. <laughs> weather is it's, it's that's how it is in sydney like the weather is always the same so time just flies by right yeah something like that. <laughs> um one more suggestion that might not again might not be something you want to do but you could use a third-party app that keeps track of it for you like some of those repetition based yeah, gym apps yeah where they i guess tell you you have a routine i don't know you could probably find one where you put in the routine ahead of time and That's it just guides point. you through it yeah um maybe that would work. i don't know um i haven't really used any of those so i can't offer a, a definite suggestion but it's potentially something um yeah. like wait till wwdc <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like apple is very often adding new things to the health apps and to the watch in general um at WWDC. So I feel like there will be something. It's always like new exercises and now it's like a bit smarter. You can always like play audio through the workout app directly. And I think that's really good. It would be great if they continue building on that and making more improvements to how you use it. Because like if, uh, we spoke about this before. It feels like Apple really nailed down the Apple product as being a fitness device. Yep. That's still like looking good and you can still wear it every day. It's not like you just put it on for the gym or for the exercise. But I think they really have found their focus uh, with like health. And I think that's great. So hopefully they continue building upon that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think mm. there's there's a topic in that as well for another day about the move to health. I had a, a really interesting discussion with some people Um last week late last week really late last week like two days ago um about sort of the future of i guess consumer tech and health stuff and there's some interesting stuff that came out of that so i might um might 
put that on the topic list for a future episode because I think there's there's a right. whole lot there. Do you want to talk to about it now or is it? Oh, uh, it's probably more a, a topic for another day, like a main topic instead of okay a mini thing. But I think there's something there. It's right. it's definitely interesting, and I think that would tie in nicely as well if you give us an update on your New Year's resolution, maybe in a month or two. And not it's, the New Year's resolution. It's not a New Year's uh, resolution. New Year's. <laughs> What did we call it? Goal? No. No. Theme. It's just Theme. something I'm focusing on at this point of my life. So, something that you're fo- you started focusing on in January of 2019. Yeah, but that yes. was mostly a coincidence. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. Yeah. Not the New Year's resolution, people. Don't do that whenever you want to make a change. Make the change. I just happen <laughs> to want to make the change in January. Yeah. I have to be specific, Zach. <laughs> Anyways, um... Enough about that. Uh, I think we should probably do like an update once uh, I'm a bit further into that. Because, but I feel like it's going well. I am exercising more. I'm sleeping more. Uh, I'm eating more. Everything is great. <laughs> more of everything. <laughs> um, but I wanted to. Oh, uh, yeah. This is related to coffee, so I should probably have sort of spoken about this a topic ago. But that didn't flow very well. So wait, let's just talk about this now. Uh, Kai and I started a meetup, as you as you know, Zach, you joined it. Uh, good luck getting Woo-hoo. here by February. So excited about that. Yeah, it's it's really good. But I, with that, I'm very happy that we started a meetup. But with that comes some complaints about meetup as a platform. Meetup.com. Meetup.com as a platform. Yes. How do you like this platform, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> so... I have thoughts. No, um, <laughs> it, like, it can often be clunky, um, mostly when there's like organizer-related stuff involved. Um, <laughs> most of the time, as a person attending meetups, it's pretty okay. I mean, you you find out about a new meetup, whether that be email or in the app or something, and you can press a button that says you're going, and there's usually nothing more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's this kind of aspect of a meetup wanting to be excessively spammy. I don't don't understand how many notifications they have to send just because you joined a group. True. What do you mean? What do they send? Like, as soon as you join a group, you get notifications about everything. You get notifications about whenever anyone sends a message anywhere related to your group, either as a comment on a... And on an event or in, in like the discussion part of the group itself, or it's just so many notifications and it's so weirdly nested where you can unsubscribe all of those. Yeah, you can unsubscribe like, from groups, but I don't think you can unsubscribe from specific but they're notifications. Like One billion and four different check boxes that you can uncheck for notifications and all of them are on by default and you can't really say only send me notifications for for new announcements and nothing else it's i just as a as a user i think overall it's okay but the spamminess and therefore i think we're getting into it later the 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 way it lends itself as a platform to spam Mm -hmm. people uh is a bit exhausting yeah, so so I guess yeah, as a as a user, I mean, you can safe pretty safely turn off notifications if you're if you're just attending meetups. Uh, you get a nice email when a new meetup was announced, and like if you if you're okay with that, you can turn off notifications. You don't need to worry about someone starting a new discussion or posting a photo in the meetup. You don't need. To- but would you get an email for the new discussion too? I think by default you do. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I must have turned something off then because okay. I don't okay. get those, but I do get push notifications for those, which is. 
So maybe if you turn that off, you might not get the e- you might end up getting emails instead. Maybe, quite possibly. Hmm. Um, Anyways, but yeah. yeah, as a as someone organizing a meetup, it can be a little bit clunky. It's like meetup have all these rules, and I guess you're probably going to talk about something similar. But meetup sort of have all these rules around when you can and can't post things or like um send announcement like Mm -hmm. send the announcement email and all those kind of things or like how many days before you can open rsvps and when you can close them and it's sort of like they have all these weird arbitrary rules around that and Um, yeah specifically the one with the notification so so for example let's say i schedule a meetup if you schedule it less than seven days before Less than seven days before the meetup is happening, I think that won't send any notification. The only notification that oh, will send yeah. is the 48-hour notification. That's really frustrating. You can't manually trigger it. Which is super strange, right? You get you get forking notifications for everything, but you can't <laughs> announce and, yeah. and notify your members about a new meetup yeah, and if I it's understand. not at least a week ahead. Yeah, and that I, understand, I understand that you shouldn't... Sp- like overuse that button and be able to send like consistently like that's a good thing you shouldn't be able to send every day but just because you're seven days into it that's just just ridiculous i assume it might be because they want people to be a bit more planned but at the same time i think if i decide to like maybe it's a weekly meetup it's very difficult to actually send them seven days before then and i think you shouldn't be discouraged exactly. from that and get fewer fewer attendees yeah it's like that. you know we're, we're being a platform for people to meet each other in real world unless you couldn't at least schedule seven days ahead yeah then screw you and you will not meet as many people as you would otherwise aren't we a great social platform i i have a feeling it might be different for weekly meetups because i am okay. a member of a weekly meetup and they seem to be able to schedule things like four or five days in advance and everyone still gets an email about okay. it uh, I could be wrong. Maybe there's something funny going on there that I'm not seeing. But um, yeah, it might be different if you have a, me- a meetup scheduled like a monthly basis or a weekly basis. I'm not sure there. But I do know that the seven-day rule definitely applies for monthly meetups. Yeah. 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 It is. So that's that's one frustrating thing. But what I mostly wanted to touch on is the creation of a meetup. And like, it's very straightforward for you to set it up. You can just set the title and then you set your inst- – like what the like, – tags for like the topics and like for example ios and xcode and those type of things you just attach that and then you write a description of what it's going to be about but then it comes to you picking a plan and and actually giving meetup.com money and this is my frustration point there is no free plan at all with meetup and i think that's really discouraging because i think I understand that you should limit the amount of people who can attend a meetup or maybe how many meetups you can schedule for on a free plan. But I think if you want to encourage someone to create a better community, you shouldn't have a barrier to entry there. Um, you should actually have something that's like free for, a, for, for, free for a group to use maybe for the first three months with limited, like, limited, um, limited RSVPs or something like that. But like charging up front, what was it? I think... I think it's like nine dollars per month. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Like I think it was nine dollars per nine month. Nine or ten as the the entry price. Yeah, the entry point is nine dollars per month, and I feel like that's a bit unfortunate because if I just want to see how many people are interested and maybe host one meetup to actually see if it's working out well, I think it's very weird that you should pay that much for that. And maybe like maybe I'm just 
like maybe this is not a big deal a lot of people think are problems but i just feel like if you want to encourage people to have those communities it shouldn't be that difficult to start that it shouldn't be a barrier to entry and then i think people can test it out and then pay more and this wouldn't be too frustrating for me if um, the free plan is uh, sorry if the base plan is reasonable but the problem is that the base plan for nine dollars or whatever like that around that ballpark that one is very limited so it's still you can schedule as many meetups as you want, but it's still limited to 50 people attending or 50 people signing up and joining your group. And then let me just check so that I get the prices right. Yeah, but the problem with that is also you have this hard 50 uh, member limit, uh, which is all right. But then Meetup doesn't do a good job at um, limiting spam accounts. So what I've been doing for the last few days is just fighting off spam accounts. Like at least today, I think I I had to ban three people just because there's some kind of BS spam accounts um, that I report and then never hear back from, of course, uh, at least not within the same day, but that obviously take up slots as members. So I report them, block them, and they're like so clearly spam accounts. They're, They're like their profile picture saying look at my nudes ad it's just i don't understand how you can pay for a service where they limit the members and then there's so bad of a spam account enforcement because now you're doing the work of of maintaining yeah because like i mean even if it would be an unlimited member subscription i i would still want to police this myself but i feel like if i'm paying so much and i'm only limited to 50 members and then i get three spam accounts within one day that's just ridiculous you don't want to like you don't want your membership to fill up like that because then it enforces like it forces kai and i who like it forces the organizers to go in on a daily basis to first of all help the people who want to join to not get spammed and also free up those spots because like and then you're not having that many spots. So, and of course, because of the spamminess of of uh, notifications, those spam accounts join the group and then just post some random gibberish uh, in in the in the discussion things. So now I, because there's no way of properly policing that, um, at least Meetup doesn't do that. I I had to turn off uh, open. Um, open joining of the group so now you have to apply and then i have to approve it i had to turn off temporarily uh being a for members to send messages or to to open discussions just because i i don't want all the members of of our group to get spammed by those spam bots and there seems to be no other way of of kind of uh, dealing with that and i just think that is not very yeah encouraging of for me the idea of a meetup is building a community in in like your local area and i feel like all those kind of things are discouraging that and making it a lot harder than i expected it to be yeah and I yeah, think, I, yeah i realized you were suffering from this I, I think it was this morning maybe it was yesterday i woke up to a notification that was like oh a new discussion has started in core coffee meetup mm-hmm. group and then i tried to open it and it was like this this thread has been removed or whatever the message was so i figured it was spammy but yeah 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 it's not good if you've got like accounts that are doing this so easily especially for a new meetup yeah where you're sort of still trying to like see what's going on and work it all out yeah yeah, yeah. and like it's really it's just really frustrating that like it it would be one thing if it's a free thing but like i am paying a fair bit for it and there is a limit on the members and like you you don't want to discourage people from joining because they're spam accounts so we'd really need to police it and i i understand that 
meetup has to make money. So I'm not complaining about the cost, but I'm just complaining about... No, it's a bit... I think it's a bit of a strange approach to it to discourage people from... Like, to not have a free plan, to, like, discourage people from being able to join that way. Like, I think it's very easy for people to create spam accounts to join other people's meetups, but it's very hard for someone to actually create a meetup even if they they're mean like and well it's, meaning. it's a bit weird right you you want to encourage meetups in in your in your areas but then you n- don't only have to uh prepare and organize and write all the descriptions but you also have to pay for it mm. and it's just i feel like there's so many uh like hoops you have to jump through to be on meetup uh just to then see whether it's actually something that works out yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just looking at the plans. So the basic one is um, 9.99 per month. This is US dollar. And it's for 50 members and four organizers. So that's like four organizers. You don't really... You don't have to need many more. Uh, but like 50 members for $10 is a bit ridiculous. And in order to get the unlimited, you have a... It's $15 per month. And then you get lim- unlimited members. And I just feel like... It's very difficult for you to decide in the first month how many people you want. And sure, you can upgrade a plan, but it would be great to first actually see, does anyone show up to my meetup in the first place? And are people interested in the first place? And I think they used to have, like, uh, I could open, people were able to, like, create one and check if people were interested, but you could never schedule your first meetup until you got on one of the plans. So I just think that's a bit unfortunate that the plans don't really... The plan that you do pay for is so limited unless you pay $15 a month, which is quite steep, I think, for like a coffee coffee shop meetup. It's not It's not like I'm going to make any money off this. And it's also just a thing of, I mean, you kind of have to think, first of all, you want to do some community thing and therefore you have to you have to pay for then allowing people to come together, which is kind of weird. But also just the, you know, there are no incentives monetarily or like from a from meetups business model it is discouraging them from banning spam accounts (laughs) i mean i'm not implying that that's their business model to encourage it but it's just i mean for them they lose money if they are harder and making it more difficult to create spam accounts because if your meetup is full of 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 bots they actually make five dollars more a month so it's also just those the incentives don't align, yeah. and now yeah, I I do the work for them to figure out who is a spam account, and f- and I pay them for the privilege of doing that. It just feels that somehow that feels strange to me, and and yeah, but it's it's unfortunate because if you're not on Meta, people won't find you. There's not a lot of competition, so they can kind of do whatever the hell they want. Um. But it it would be it would be nice to have something that is a bit more more encouraging the social yeah. thing. So. And, if, and I don't mean to rant about this. I just felt like it was unfortunate to see how high sort of the barrier to entry is there. It's, um, a, it's a paper cut, right? It's, yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying. But I mean, maybe it makes people more serious about the meetups they have. But at the same time, it's it's gonna it's also gonna make more like for example, it's it's gonna open up the platform for more, for people who are actually having like sponsors and stuff like that for their meetup. And I think that limits you to a certain type of meetup. You don't have as many groups when people might just catch up at a coffee shop, potentially. Um, 
which we're hoping to do. But I figured it's still worth the price. We will test it out and see. Maybe we end up getting a sponsor. If so, if anyone's looking to 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 sponsor a coffee shop um, iOS meetup, uh, let me know. Yeah, maybe we should also <laughs> say what we're actually doing. So yeah. it's uh, it's called Core Coffee. It will be um, uh, every other week. Um, at the moment, we'll we'll have one meetup kind of in the morning on a weekend and one uh, in the afternoon after work on a mm, weekday. So it will iterate. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, what do you say? Alternate. Alternate. We're alternating between like a morning on a weekend and in the afternoon on a weekday. So the idea is kind of on a weekend, you can you can go in the morning and then have the rest of the day. And uh, for the weekday, it's for people that might not be in the city because we'll we'll schedule all of them in the city um and people for people to then potentially show up after work and um the kind of topic i mean we're not super strict on it but it's definitely focused on kind of ios and mac os and kind of people that use xcode to to get their work done or their hobby work done to kind of have a place to meet and catch up and talk about the things they're they're interested in or that are working on that they're doing and just to have um uh yeah a place to to talk about those kind of topics yeah yeah because i feel like there there are meetups in vancouver already but um both of them both of the major ios meetups do focus a lot on um talks which is great but i think it's also good to have something more um frequent where people can actually catch up and talk like have the more social bit uh, where people talk about what they're doing and just talk about like potential problems they have or potential things that they're excited about, especially like around WWDC. I think this will be great as well. Uh, if people just want to have someone to chat about uh, what just was released um, with. So I think that's, that's going to be good. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And I mean, Vancouver is also a place that gets a lot of new people from all over the world. And it's kind of, uh nice i mean in general it's hard right if you if you're uh, the older you get you don't really go to school and stuff so it's harder to meet people so this is also a great place for for people to to meet other people that might have similar interests or at least you have a starting point of then uh of of like some topics that you know you can talk about and then you can maybe also uh get into other topics which i think is a nice nice part of those kind of meetups that you meet people that are maybe like-minded and to have a starting point to then potentially develop into friendships and stuff. Absolutely. And I know I've spoken about it before, but that is one of the nice things about meetups is being like the, the social aspect and being able to have that, that time away from not necessarily in a talk, but in a, like the, the social time to be able to talk to people about things that you maybe wouldn't otherwise be able to talk to most of the people in your life about. Like if you have an interest in a hobby or something, hmm. um, it might not be super common to, to have other people around you on a daily basis anyway that you can uh, you can chat about these things with. And like I said before, I find the, the Swift Peer Lab meetup in Sydney, which is um, seemingly the closest thing that I've uh, been to uh, to your meetup, like your style of meetup. Um, I found that quite quite nice to go and, um, and have a chat with, with fellow developers and, you know, just have those discussions. They're quite valuable. Mm. And it's also... Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to get really good talks... Um, more than once a month. I mean, you can't really uh, schedule like a Cocoa Head style thing uh, every other week. I feel like that is, you would have to spend so much time organizing, finding speakers, so many people having to prepare talks. And I think that's difficult, but it's also hard to maintain or to to get to know people if you only see them once a month. That's why I kind of like the, the uh, every other week uh type thing because then and you kind of more f- focus on the social part so you you have a better chance of actually um 
talking to people more than more than once a month. And for us in particular, it's also we there are a lot of really good coffee places in Vancouver and um Anyone who's listened to more than one episode of the show would know that uh, we're all kind of into into coffee and into good coffee. So it's also a great way for us to um, we'll try to scale the meetup uh, uh, mostly in coffee places that are maybe not as well known, but are really really good independent uh, coffee places. So it's kind of a great way for us to to introduce more people to good coffee that we think is good in Vancouver. Uh, well, well, Yeah, and just like have a chance to promote those places because I think I love finding a good coffee place, uh, but I'm always... I mean, there are, there are all, there's always the Starbucks, there's always the Tim Horton, and there are always like alternative, like fast food type of coffee. And I think it's... I always want to encourage other people to go to the more specialized places. And I'm hoping that this will sort of make everyone aware of those a bit more. And it's 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 just nice, right? I I much rather support smaller local businesses rather than going to to Starbucks and McDonald's or similar thing to to pay for much worse. Coffee. When you say and McDonald's, you say you mean McCafe, right? Yeah, it's not really a thing in Australia. So I just wanted. To... Okay. Yeah, but like, wait, what? What, what was that? McCafe. McCafe. Mac. Cafe. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> really? We have lots of McCafes. Really? Yeah. I don't feel like I've ever seen it. Okay. Well, scratch <laughs> I mean, what probably I said. a good thing that you're not, you know, like, <laughs> familiar with McDonald's in Australia. But yeah, no, they're yeah. like they're pretty common uh, in most McDonald's, I think, these days. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's but just, it's, I, I'm yeah. just a fan of kind of supporting uh, smaller independent local businesses rather than just adding another uh like supporting mcdonald's making another bill you know it, it just doesn't sound like an exciting thing to contribute to but being able to because we're also actively looking out for new cafes so there's there's a new cafe that opened relatively recently um not too far away from here and that's also where we have our our first um core coffee uh, meetup and it's it's not very busy at the moment but it's it's really it's really nice it's in a um they have like a communal um motorbike garage right next to it so there's like a it's kind of split a building that's split halfway so one side is kind of like a garage and the other side like a where you can fix your stuff um and the other side is a cafe so you kind of see like uh, uh the motorbikes on one side and have good cafe on the other and it's kind of special I mean, it looks a bit hipstery because of that, but it's kind of cool and uh, and special. But they're definitely not as busy as I think they deserve to be. So it's also kind of cool to, or it's fun to kind of um, being able to to at least get a group of ten or so people to to those kind of cafes and and kind of promote the iris and macros community as well as the coffee community uh, around here. Mm. And sounds good. And I mean, uh, we probably talk about it. Uh, some some time in the near future but i'm also working on like a a, a coffee related app uh so everything kind of comes nicely together hmm. um yeah you so. have to uh you have to schedule one of these meetings when i come to visit who knows when that will be but sometime at some point this year yeah i mean we, yeah. the idea is definitely to keep it uh consistent every other week so um, yeah <laughs> you make it sound like every other week it will be consistent um yeah so you just have to schedule your your visit uh nicely with our i mean worst case we have two we have one every week Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see maybe (laughs) 
doing some extra meetup for Zach. Yeah. <laughs> so if you'll excuse me a second, I'm just um just putting a hat on over here. Right, it's on. It's the terrible Segway hat. So, speaking of meetups, <laughs> oh, Marlon, boy. you are talking at a meetup very soon, I believe. I saw this on Twitter the other day. I don't know what and you're I talking pretend about. pretend this is the first time I've heard about it. <laughs> and by the other day, I totally mean like a week and a half ago, because <laughs> that's how long it was. Definitely. Smooth, smooth. Uh, good thing you put that uh, hat taking on. Taking the hat off, just give me a few seconds. <laughs> maybe maybe, th- All right, maybe throw it away. I don't think it's really worth <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So I am. Uh, I don't know how much to talk about this because um, it's not. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how exciting it is for everyone. Uh, but I did have some general meetup, general talk questions that I wanted to talk to you too about. Um, so I'm preparing this talk. Um, it will be about UI testing, um, and part of the talk is going to be a demo. Uh, or I have made a small app that I'm going to actually write UI tests for. Um, and I'm looking forward to this because I feel like UI tests can be a little... Or testing in general, it could be a, it can be a bit of a dry topic and it can be a little bit... It's not boring, but it can be... I sometimes feel like I go to talks about testing uh, and people... When people listen to it, they're very excited and they're encouraged. But then when you talk to them an hour later, they're a bit like, yeah, now I'm feeling bad about myself because I'm not doing any testing. And I don't want people to feel that way. So I want this to be a little bit more... um, I want to take the approach to be a bit more encouraging on how people easily can start adding tests. And uh, for that, I thought it was good to actually show... like I think UI tests are almost easier than like I would say it's pretty much easier than unit tests to write because it has it's less reliable on the rest of your code I guess Uh, so it's easier to get into it Uh, and that's what I want to show and I really want to be able to like encourage people to make those tests so that's why I thought I need a demo Uh, so I made an app but I'm a little bit concerned about the technology of a live demo. Uh, things can often go wrong when you do a live demo. Uh, and also, it will require me to actually type a fair bit of code. And I'm also concerned that that will cost me, that that will make me not pay as much attention to the audience. I think often if you aren't that experienced to code in front of people, it can be that you're very, like, you're really trying to put a focus on it and you get completely quiet while you're doing it, whereas a talk should be more engaging and you want to talk to people while doing it. So I was wondering, do you two feel like it's necessary? If you, like, if people give a demo, does it add a lot if that person does the programming live or is something like a video recording of the, of the demo okay? So for me, it is really depending on the person. I don't know if you... I mean, I know both of you. At least Marlon has seen uh, Chris. Yeah, that uh, was amazing. Uh, yeah, Chris Eidhoff. He had a... So uh, Chris Eidhoff makes um, his um, part of this website called uh, Objective-C.io. Um, and he and um, <laughs> Chris uh, and Florian, the co-host of this program, makes this thing called uh, Swift Talk. So what it is is that it's those two guys, uh, really great guys, sitting down, uh, programming together and going through different problems. And they actually do a lot of the programming live as they film it. And they're very quick with it. And uh, 
I watched a talk by Chris live. Uh, I think you were there too, Zach. It was at Playgrounds. He actually made a live demo. Yep. And he was so good at programming, like at, at actually typing at the same time as being engaged with the audience. And he was so quick at it. And he didn't do any like mistakes. He didn't even use autocompletion. And I was so amazed. So I'm like, I would love to be able to do that. But that was flawless. He it didn't have flawless. a single typo. He didn't even hit the wrong key yeah. once during that entire thing. And I think if you if you get to that level, and I mean, we were talking to him afterwards, and he just said he, he practiced that a lot. And therefore, he got to a point where it was this flawless. And I think if you get to that point, I do think there's value in that. Um, just because you kind of, he, he kind of took you onto like a story and he kind of refactored his code every now and then too, right? He he types some things and then he, he kind of, Talked out, talked the audience through why why he decided to write it that way, and then he kind of came up with better ways. I mean, that was I assume uh, scripted, but he kind of said, "Ah, oh, maybe we can improve it in this way," and made changes to the hmm. code. But he was able to talk and type at the same time, which is very impressive. Yeah, so I think at that if at that I've never seen that before though at that level of quality. So that was impressive, and I think that added a lot. If you either are not yet able to do that or you're not willing to put the effort and rehearsal to get to that level in for that talk, I think it will rather detract and I would instead recommend macros because I think there's still value of seeing live things mm-hmm. happening and you talking uh, talking through them rather than going on a static slide, being okay. able to show stuff yep. in, in Xcode. I think there's a lot of value in that because it seems more alive. And I mean, there is this, <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, software development is not the most uh, action-intense uh, uh, profession in the world. <laughs> Maybe I should turn on some like super exciting music but, in the background. <laughs> but I do I think even, I like a live a live coding demo is the closest we'll get to a live action scene. Um, so I think there is a bit of an excitement in there that can add to a presentation. So just having the macros and having having it actually live running there is value to that and therefore i do think that is something to okay. to go for when you say macros you mean basically um you mean blocks of code that you already have written yeah yeah you, you write step one and it auto completes into whatever the first thing is you want to show okay okay so that was one thing i was thinking about so potentially like for the first test i write i might actually do it uh, i might actually write the whole thing for myself uh, without using the macro and then as it goes on to more complicated tests i might change it to be macros um i feel like that would be a good balance um how do you feel about that uh, zach yeah i think it comes down to the presenter and what they are comfortable i think it's more about what you're comfortable with as well and like obviously chris was super comfortable giving that demo and you know had practiced a lot and i mean i guess I think you're a little more time constrained. Am I right? That's in a, it's only in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's in like I have three weekends. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's actually a bit of time. But um, yeah, still, I personally, I don't know how much value I get out of live coding anyway. Um, okay. I might just, I might be weird there. But uh, I think sometimes, some talks, uh, and not, not the case with Chris's, but sometimes the focus is too much on the live coding mm-hmm. and you end up seeing a lot of boilerplate having to be written. Yeah, and it's like yeah. no one is getting any value out of that type of thing. And I know yeah. that's not what you'd be going for. So, um, 
but that is that is what a lot of people do when mm. they do live, and the uh, live is, demos. The problem with that is that like no one in the audience is going to remember what you actually if you write like boilerplate code they won't remember it so then it's almost better to actually put that in your slide or a public github project so that people can actually look at it um mm-hmm. but yeah it's very right. un- i think it would be very uncommon for somebody to remember specific things or too much about your code anyway if you were doing a live demo i think a lot of the value is in the resources you make available after whether that be through slides or through a github project or something like that anyway so i think if you're highlighting, like if you're doing live demos and highlighting the important parts, that's really good. But if everything's part of the live demo, then it can be easy to be lost or yeah. as an audience member to zone out. Uh, and I think there's nothing wrong with using sort of those pre-filled, um, what are they called again? The pre-filled macros? things in Xcode? Macro? Macros, yeah. yeah. Like the code snippet thing. Yeah. So yeah. using those, I think there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, I guess the only reason why, what I was concerned about um, with macros is that I will paste it and then I still have to go through it um, and talk talk about it. So that's why I was thinking maybe it's a bit boring too. I would to only highlight them. the things that are like, depends kind of, you know, if we take an arbitrary example um, and you want to just explain how to even set up an Xcode uh, UI test, then there are things you want to talk about, but you kind of focus on, on the setup and how to get into a state where you can then add your tests. Right. If if that's what you want to show, it's not really that you're wasting time showing things because what you're showing, what you're writing, is what you want to show. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I don't know, you're testing a button state and then you're testing a button state again, don't worry about explaining both things. Yeah. You yeah. know, focus on the things that that you actually want to point out as important steps in your process rather than than talking about the things. You know, not every line that's on the screen needs to be explained. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So then yeah. my last option was potentially... So we have the option of reader like writing everything live, which I think is a little bit... can be boring. So I think using something like macros makes sense. But then my second option... My, my third potential conclusion was to just use macros but pre-record it. So I record myself actually adding the UI test and adding the macros, but... I record it and then I pause while giving the talk so that I can explain it. This was mostly because I was worried that I might have some technical problems. Realistically, none of these things rely on network connectivity, so there shouldn't be any problems. Um, But I mean, the the UI recorders can sometimes fail, and that's not great. Um, So I'm thinking about potentially at least having that as a backup. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I, that's what I would suggest. Time permitting, I would have that as a recording, mm-hmm. but try only to use it if you need to. Because it's always, those kind of recordings are always tricky, right? You you always think you have an idea of your timing, but if your timing doesn't work out or you pause and then uh, yeah. it didn't really pause and you're constantly double checking whether you pause and then it, it continues yeah. moving, it's just always a bit awkward yeah it's always yeah. nice or like to... going back and forth is really difficult too yeah. or if you want to if someone asks a question it's very difficult to go back to it too yeah so yeah. i'm 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 usually a fan when there are things that are kind of not fixed length that you are staying in control of when they happen and that's where kind of the live xcode environment is coming in really handy yeah okay i think that makes sense i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do a practice run through tomorrow i have my whole tests all my tests written already uh, but i obviously have to do it make them into macros as well uh, but i think i think otherwise 
that part feels pretty prepared. I'm happy that I have a sample app and most of my talk slides are done already. I must need to go practice. Um, I guess another thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about something like testing to be a bit of a dry topic. So I'm just wondering, like, how do you feel about this topic in general, Zach? And is there anything in particular that you feel would be valuable to get out, like that you would want to get out of a UI talk? Yeah, so it's a good, I think it's a, it's actually quite a good topic. Um, Very broad prob- question, though. <laughs> but the, the problem with, well, it's also one of the problems with testing, though, is that I think people's knowledge of writing tests is mm-hmm. so broad as well. And everyone has a different understanding of it as well. So, so my understanding for this talk is that it's about UI testing and it's meant to be more, is it meant to be more like a getting started with UI testing? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Or so, so partly getting started from a technical sense, but also Mm -hmm. from like a team sense. I want to encourage people to actually fit this into their like day to day workflow, which I I don't like using the word workflow, but that's basically what it is because I feel like many people might know what UI tests are or what testing is in general, but many people think that they have to like change their whole way of working in order to adapt this. But I sort of want to encourage people to start adding it where it makes sense and just get into the habit of thinking about UI tests a bit more. Yeah, okay. So And also sort of demonstrate why it helps. Like Yeah. Yeah, no, so I guess in that case it could be you could um I guess sort of address like I don't know, I'm just trying to think if I was I mean, I do write UI tests, but if I didn't write UI tests, like what a concern might be with with starting to write UI tests or it could even be something like just not realizing the benefits. And it sounds like you're, you've already, you know, you're already going to address that, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe address if the, if there's other reasons, I don't know um, what you've, what you found, but if there's other reasons why people aren't as willing to adopt um, UI tests, then you could sort of like, if I was someone who, who wasn't too keen or whatever, then I'd kind of want to know why I should. And maybe, yeah, like you said, how it fits into an existing flow um, but maybe also why my preconceived thoughts about UI testing and why it wouldn't make sense for my current project, why that maybe isn't true. Yeah, um, yeah. Does that sort of make sense? I know, I know it might not answer the question exactly, but Wait. that's kind of... So I'm just writing it down because I thought that was a really good idea to actually point out why other people think it's might not be a good time just to point out like when is at one point i when is a good time but it's also good to make up like bring up examples of what other people's attitudes usually are what i always like about uh talks is if it's not purely for beginners or purely for experts i kind of like when when like the introduction into it but also still put in some i mean you've written ui tests for quite a while now um and worked in workflows i use the same word um yeah do you know a better wor- word than workflow because workflow just sounds so corporate process <laughs> um but it's like you, you do have a lot of experience where like for example the stubbing right it's mm-hmm. it's also nice to kind of just throw those kind of more more advanced things in so if yeah. someone has experience with it that they still get something out of it. Okay, so you think I should actually go through examples? Maybe of how not necessarily get through it, but kind of explain that, for example, that um, you can kind of use 
some of the the APIs for deep linking to get your UI in a specific state, or or mm-hmm. using network stubbing to to have reliable reproducibility of of what your network requests look like. Yeah. Even if you're not going into depth, kind of. Okay. So even if it's not running through like code examples, you still think something like just talking about the possibility of stubbing and the use cases of stubbing would be good. I don't think it needs to be deep, but it's okay. often that I go to talk where I'm like, all right, I think I have a good understanding of it. But then there's kind of this one, just a keyword that makes me, uh, then even if it's just, I hear keyword, it sounds interesting. I mm-hmm. look into it later and I learned something that I okay. didn't know before. Yeah. I do have, uh, yeah, I do have another slide that sort of summarizes a bit like weird things related to testing. So for example, I came across this way that you can test Cyric shortcuts and I thought that was pretty fun. Um, or like we spoke about that, uh, I think when we weren't recording, um, that you can actually speed up UI tests so that they go quicker or, um, or speed up your UI in general. And I thought those things are sort of neat for people and people might not be aware of that. So I do have that. And I also wanted to talk about deep linking and potentially, yeah, definitely stubbing, but I was just concerned about how much time I will have for that. Uh, but you, yeah, I might just not, I might not show any code examples, but I might talk about where stubbing fits into it. And I think as Kai said, it's still valuable to even just to mention things if you don't go into detail, because then that can also be sort of the catalyst for a great question after as well. Mm. And whether that's mm. a question that's asked in front of everyone or whether that's, you know, somebody who comes up to you after the yeah. talk and just wants to talk to you privately about it. Uh, you know, you might be someone who, writes UI tests and he's pretty familiar with them, but maybe you'd never looked into stubbing your network requests or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know what it might be. Or or you have a Siri component in your app and you haven't uh you don't have a UI test for that for that particular feature, but you just, you know, you, yeah, you yeah. said you said it's possible. So you could be somebody who um, maybe he's quite familiar with UI tests and who will know, you know, more than 50% of the things you're going to mention. But then if you throw in these little pieces of information that mm-hmm. um if you're someone really familiar with it, you take the most out of those pieces of information. But if you're somebody who's um, who's new to UI tests, hopefully there's enough that will there be enough in the rest of the talk to sort of give you enough to think about, and then they can sort of gloss over the the more advanced concepts until maybe they look back at the talk or the slides yeah, in a few yeah. months' time, something like that. It's also often, especially for those kind of introduction focused things i don't know if if that ever happens to to youtube but sometimes i'm i'm looking into like a tutorial of how to do something and i look through the code examples like yeah of course it works for this kind of simple thing but if you're actually trying to to do a ui test with something with network then you're in a whole bunch of trouble yeah and then i kind of get discouraged because i'm like sure if you only want to test if this button says one or two I I would figure out how to do that, but that's not what I'm realistically going to do. And I I always like when there is more of a, like if there is something that goes into more detail, even if they're not explaining it necessarily in full detail in the tutorial and just saying, this is what we're doing. If you you look at it step-by-step, you'll figure out what it does. I do think that is valuable because it isn't just the the kind of base level, base tutorial um, level of, 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 um, depth of the topic because then it's it's often uh that kind of thing where you're like yeah for that that basic thing of course it works but my my app is more complicated or i do have network requests or i do want to talk to the gps Mm -hmm. and then you don't really know where to go from here yeah and what i'm also thinking is that i mean this is this is the first talk for this meetup this year and um 
I, I think many people who go to this meetup are going to continue going to the next, to the like meetup after this as well. And hopefully continue going throughout the year. And what I'm thinking about this, like potentially having this as an introduction talk. And then if I notice that people are interested, I have also sort of planted certain topics that I could go into detail in, in a follow up talk. So I would be happy to do something like that. So for example, I'm going to mention something like Fastlane for the purpose of getting generating screenshots, which is a, a very great tool when you're using, when you already have written your tests. And things like stubbing might be something I would go into detail in another in another talk uh so i'm hoping that should be helpful and yeah. of course don't forget to plug our meetup and our podcast <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah no cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm gonna practice it tomorrow though and then for the rest of the week and until until the talk until the day all right should we talk about our uh picks for this week yeah sure it's a good idea. Sure. Mm. Oh wait, I think I named this section something. Oh, I cool. With a name, I don't uh, remember though. We have something in our document. Is yeah. that what it is? I suggested that this could either be called instead of the list because it's not a list. I suggested this could be called it's not a list. Things of the week or things from the week because it's like things from the week that passed. No, things of the week is better. But that one's more tech, more more accurate. No, because it's it's not. The thing I'm okay. going to pick is not from this week. Fair enough, fair enough. Maybe you should read the rules a bit better, then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what if I told you mine was actually, for maybe the first time, my pick <laughs> is something from this week. All right, maybe you should start then. Okay. Uh, in, a, <laughs> in a SoCast first for this things of the week, list, not a list thing, I've picked a band, actually. Um oh. Yeah, so something different, uh, because why not? Uh, I've been listening to this band oh, for like, it's only been about a week, like maybe a week and a half at most. Um, they're called Stand Atlantic. They're a like pop punk, slightly rock band from Sydney. Um, pretty cool. Uh, if you're at all into that kind of music, pretty good. Um, I started listening, so I, found, I came across them on Apple Music because, you know, Apple Music Discovery actually isn't too bad. I'm told Spotify is better, but Apple Music does the job. And, um, you know, it's always a bonus to see the bands from Sydney. And then um, it's sort of, I started listening to their stuff and I was like, hmm, this sounds really familiar. And I realized they're kind of just like a combination of all the like pop punk bands that I've enjoyed for the last like eight years of my life or something absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, if that's your thing, I'm not going to like go on about it too much because really, I don't know if anyone else is really interested in it. Um, but they've got a couple of albums. They've got um, like a full-length album and an EP out, um, both on Apple Music. I'm pretty sure they're both on Spotify. Um, they're pretty good. I've been listening on repeat like for most of the week, um, which is a sure way to guarantee that in like three weeks, I will not be listening to them as much um, because <laughs> usually... Uh, if I want to stick with something long term, I should like pace myself when I'm listening to it. But anyway, it's just right now, for some reason, really like drawn to this band, listening to them a lot. Um, hopefully not going to ruin their music by listening to it too much. Um, they have some shows. In- but you're right. They sound extremely familiar, though. You're the listening? name or How the sound listen? of the band? Are you listening right now, Kai? Yeah. While Zach so is talking. They yeah. sound 
they sound like every pop, like they sound like a mashup of like Paramore and like We the Kings and Blink 182 yeah. and Sleeping with Sirens and just like a massive combination of like they even have a bit of like all time low like that teenage pop punk yeah all time low is what what i what i had in mind yeah so if you listen if you actually listen to like the first say 20 seconds of all their songs there's actually a lot of like intros to the songs that sound like existing songs mm-hmm. and it's very like paramore all time low and we the kingsy um and a little bit sleeping with like a little bit of sleeping with sirens um maybe a little bit like the main too uh possibly um, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to work out like exactly who they sound like, but it's sort of a combination of all those. Um, they sound very familiar, very easy to listen to. It's very upbeat, poppy summer music. Um, but it was kind of, I kind of stumbled upon them at the right time, and I've been listening a lot and very much enjoying it. It's actually, it's, it's also good music to work to because it's not like too heavy or distracting or anything, but it's pretty upbeat and you can sort of keep focused and. It's quite enjoyable. So if that's your thing, yeah, they were, I think I started to mention they're also playing some shows, uh, which I was too late to buy tickets to. They have one in Wollongong tomorrow because the date is totally next weekend, um, which is <laughs> like an the hour 19th, south of Sydney, right? the that I totally cannot go to because I am definitely in Melbourne right now. And they have one in Sydney, I think the following Friday is like the 25th. But that, so when I first looked at tickets, they were available. And then when I... Went to buy them. They weren't. So they sold out. Um, but <laughs> That's how right. that works. Yeah. Crazy, right? Oh. Um, so a little bit disappointed that I couldn't grab tickets, but I did kind of stumble upon them pretty late. So I have to uh, have to keep an eye out for the next time they're on tour. And I think they've toured with the likes of like Neck Deep and things like that over in America. So it's all that kind of same type of music, but um, but they're pretty good. And I do like their songs. Oh, and, and good on them for it- selling out. <laughs> that is good. Why, why you don't know how big out? the arena is, okay? Like, why, why they sell out? No, he means sell out, out the, venue. the venue. Oh yeah, 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 that's great. I mean, it means yeah, that. How, how big that is the venue like though? Them. I mean, pretty good. Um, no matter what venue, it's a good sign that if you pick a venue and it completely fills up. I, uh, I mean, if the venue only fits two people, it's still pretty good. <laughs> okay, there's still an audience that want to see them. Um, and to keep, I this- don't have two people that want to see me sing. <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't go. <laughs> I, I could go into a room with 200 people, and by the time I start singing, it would be empty. So I mean. <laughs> To keep this um, related, I guess, to the podcast, they have a song about coffee. Um, it's called <laughs> Coffee at Midnight. I'm not going to tell you what it's about because it's pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> but it's a good song. It's about coffee. So who doesn't love that kind of good um, that Did you good find music? your horrible Segway hat somewhere again? <laughs> no, no. That's, uh, that's stayed on the ground. It's too heavy to move. Um and one more thing before I stop talking about a band that I've somehow managed to talk about for five minutes in a tech podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're at all familiar with the song Your Graduation by Modern Baseball, which is actually a pretty good like punk pop song, um, they do an awesome cover of it um, on a recent cover album. So you can probably find that if you search for Your Graduation by Stand Atlantic. Um, top song and actually a pretty top cover as well. There are Really good sounding band and seem to be up and coming. So definitely one to uh, to keep an ear out for for the next <laughs> few years, I guess. Cool. Anyway, sorry. Back to our regularly scheduled uh, tech list thingy, my bobs. 
Um, who wants to go next? I think... Considering that you said tech, maybe I should go next. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I I already talked about this product um, a few weeks ago when I just had it new, and that is the Anchor 2.4 gigahertz wireless vertical vertical ergonomic optical mouse that's rolls isn't off that your a, tongue yeah isn't that a smooth name yeah um why don't they name all their pro- all products those easy names i know it's like know. iphone 10s what is that <laughs> um yeah so uh, i've actually used that mouse now every day since i think early december when i bought it and since I have not had any issues uh, in my right hand, so I did used to have... Did you some... change to using the mouse in your left hand? <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks, Malin. <laughs> um, I used to have some RSI-like issues in my right hand, and I kind of didn't really know what to do uh, about that because I used a whole bunch of different uh, input devices and nothing really seemed to have uh, solved the problem. Um, so now I have uh, three input methods laying on the right side of my keyboard and that is a magic mouse a magic trackpad and this anchor mouse and i'm using the anchor vertical mouse so instead of having your hand on top of it it's kind of i feel like you spoke about this and you tried to explain how you're holding the mouse and it was very awkward yeah yeah maybe put us put a picture i will definitely put a picture yeah but it it's basically you're on on an angle when you're holding the mouse so it it's more like uh i think last time i said it's it's more your hand is in a handshake position rather than laying flat on on a table or in a mouse position and that uh, reduces, at least in my particular setup, with my particular hands, it reduces the strain. And um, Are you trying to make a disclaimer here that it might not work for all This is not patients? medical advice. Yeah. I'm not curing all of your uh, hand problems. But f- uh, in my particular situation, uh, it did help a lot. And I've also worked a lot longer on the computer in the last few weeks. And uh, despite increasing the time I spent at a computer, the the, the pain in my hand is uh, reduced, if not completely gone. So, yeah, I can highly recommend that as an uh, at least to to try to use that if you've uh, experienced. And any it was kind pretty of... affordable too for being an ergonomic mouse, right? Yeah, it's it's thirty bucks on Amazon. Cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, and uh, if you combine it with one of my. Uh, picks from a few weeks ago the sensible uh side buttons uh you can also use uh the side buttons with macOS. so yeah nice. that is that is my my pick awesome uh i should actually try cool. it out too but i tend to switch between left and right hand so i'm not sure how well that works uh it won't work at all if you're trying to use it in the left hand but you could do something Discrimination. like you could try something like having your trackpad on your left side and the mouse on the right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's actually probably what I will end up doing because I have more accuracy in my left hand, which I need for a trackpad. It's a good idea. Um, cool. I guess it's my turn. This mm-hmm. is not really tech related, but I can stretch it to saying that it's a cool technology. <laughs> um so i picked a thing called um i actually picked a pair of shoes um and they are called wessie and it's wessie cityscape that's the only model i have at the moment i think they're working on a new model um by the look of it yeah they are um but these are waterproof sneakers like waterproof joggers running shoes whatever you call it in australia um and they're really cool like 
you would think first when you buy them that they wouldn't be waterproof because they look like any like Nike Freeze or like all bird shoes. Like they look like regular like running shoes and but like knitted yeah running like shoes. knitted running shoes yeah yeah and they're like really tight with the foot and i think that's partly uh to make it a bit like more waterproof at the at the top of the shoe um but like they're still really breathable because first uh, the the second thing i thought was okay if they're so snug and if they're waterproof maybe they feel like having a wetsuit on your feet and that's not very comfortable but like when i go out i actually feel like air coming through like to my toes but it's still staying like my foot still stays warm and my foot still keeps like stays waterproof and they're amazing so if you live anywhere like um where it's raining (laughs) i guess uh, so anywhere but california yeah pretty much um these are these are really good like i I only got them earlier this week uh, so i haven't tried them out too much but it has been rainy it has been puddly and so far they've been working really really well and uh, if you if you want to actually go for runs in the in the uh, in the winter or when it's snowy or rainy, this is perfect because you can actually you don't get your feet wet from like taking five steps. You can actually continue running, so it's amazing. Uh, they're really nice. Yeah, I've I've had a pair for a couple of months now, and uh, I can attest to to their comfort and their waterproofness. Yeah, so you can I, actually like jump in puddles. And I mean that's that's obviously all I did for for the first few. Uh, I want to say days, but it was probably weeks that I had those shoes. I, I jumped into every puddle I could find because they're like 100%. They're not water resistant. You can literally stand. I did this too. Then I realized my pants got wet. <laughs> <laughs> not because not because I was jumping into deep puddles. It was just splashing up too much. I had too much fun. Yeah, I, I just... You can you can stand um, in, in, in a body of water that goes all the way up to your ankles and your feet will be completely dry. Mm. And a nice... Um, um benefit of that is also if you happen to get them uh dirty like if you're i don't know it's rains and it gets muddy as well you can just wash them off you just put them under the tap and no, no, you can actually you can actually put them in the washing machine i mean you don't really need to you can just you put could, them under though. the tap and wash them off and they're completely clean again it, it is really quite neat and it's also it's actually part of the material rather than a coating so it won't it won't wear yeah, off. Yeah, that's true. So it's not going to wear off. You don't have to like respray it or anything. Um, really easy maintenance. And they're super comfortable too. Like I usually have to wear a pair of shoes in, but these are really soft and comfortable. Yeah. The, the one small issue I guess I have with them is that the outsole is a bit um, slippery or more slippery than... Because the outsole is a bit harder than if you... I don't know, where Nike Free, for example. Nike Free, have, they have quite a soft outsole, which means they wear out quite quickly, but means you get a lot more grip. While those have a bit more of a uh, harder harder uh, rubber, I guess, um, for, uh, as their outsole, and therefore they're slightly more slippery on, on slippery surfaces. But otherwise, highly recommend them. Yeah, but I think they will wear in a bit. That's what you notice, right, Kai? Like- yeah, definitely get better. But it's still, I mean, if you have a softer softer material, it will uh, make it less slippery on, on, on slippery surface. Yeah, yeah. So that's my recommendation. Uh, I really, really like them. Yeah, good pick. Thank you. And cool. they're, they're a Vancouver company, so... Of course, and you can buy with Apple Pay on their website, I just noticed. Of course you can. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are. How much are they in Australia? Do you see, are you on the Canadian website, Zach? Uh, I think they? it's the Canadian store. Because oh, okay. I just pressed on the link that 
you sent in the, oh yeah yeah okay in the google doc hmm. yeah no um you should check them out um i mean sydney gets a lot of rain too some seasons so <laughs> it does too yeah cool i just tried to change the canadian url to .com.au and nothing has come up maybe so do dot c dot ca slash au uh, like apple I, I think they only have an they only have a Canadian, a US, and an international store. Okay, but then you can uh, change to Australian dollars, and that seems to work. Okay, uh, and okay. it is man, they're expensive in Australia. Hundred seventy eight Australian dollars. Oh. So that's like the same as a pair of Nikes. Gee, hmm. yeah, I don't know why those Nike like free runs are so expensive. They're Nikes didn't shoes. used to be this expensive. I know I sound like a, a grumpy old person, but I feel like. They used to be like half the price when I started wearing Nike Freeze. Yeah, because I, I have a pair and I still, they're a few years old now, but I still wear them. Like they're, they're pretty yeah. comfortable, but there's not much to them. But it's I like used to buy new, a bit like, of rubber. I think both Kai and I used to buy new pairs every year because they were pretty affordable and like we okay, did wear yeah. them out. But now I feel like oh, I don't really, I don't really want to buy new ones because yeah, they're just really expensive. I know it's often cheaper, like if I need shoes to wait, like till I'm going to the states, or if yeah, I'm going to the true. states anyway, it's like it's far cheaper to buy them over there, yeah, uh, yeah. than it is to get them here because prices. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I just checked; they do ship to Australia, but it's another fifteen US shipping, so it would be <laughs> almost two hundred Australian dollars. Anyway, if you yeah, live on the, for... if you live in Canada or in the US. Uh, they're not that expensive. Or move here and then get the shoes cheaper. Yeah, that's true. Pro tip. Way better. Yeah, the the shoes will offset the cost of the move, right? The money I save. <laughs> uh, yes, that. Yep. It will right. go. It Done. will go. <laughs> it will go towards that move at least. Oh, I mean, it depends, great. right? If you buy enough shoes, you can just just buy a hundred pairs. <laughs> you can offset it. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Think about all the money you would save. <laughs> all right. All right, I'm getting hungry again, so I should probably go and eat some. I hope of- you enjoy the rest of the 12th of, or when now, what is it? The, the 19th. The 19th or yeah. something? 12th. 18th. What is that? The, a week ago? The, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. I, I don't know. Some, yeah, some, you, for some you, reason, it really thinking? feels like the weekend before. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Funny Australia's that. a bit behind, huh? I think my, my cereal's <laughs> still sitting here from like a full seven days ago. It's amazing. <laughs> Didn't you finish them? Throughout the, the recording? Cup. Oh, okay. Bowl. Okay, I was like, wow, they're going to be so soggy by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. Um, um, have a great week. Thank you. Uh, enjoy uh, the 20th for you. 20th? For him, it's the 20th. Oh. It, it is. Yeah. The, it's right on the 20th. I am not somewhere in Melbourne making my way to the uh, tennis park right now. No, not at all. Mm. We definitely just finished recording and we'll publish this in like three days. Mm. Mm. All right. Enjoy the tennis park. I didn't know it Thank was you. called that. Yeah, I don't that. know. It's called tennis park. I oh. so much in this podcast. I forget the actual... No, so it's... Oh, man. Now I'm blanking on the name. Okay, Isn't I learned so much that's incorrect. No, no. So it's a tennis court like that they're playing tennis on. But like but place, the, the, the park in general, right? like where they... I forget. It does have a name. What? Like the, the, the Grand Slam location or... Like the cricket ground. Do you mean Melbourne Park? Maybe. Is that what it's called? Like the venue? Melbourne Olympic Park? Is it Melbourne Olympic Park? Is that what it is? Are you talking about the venue where they're playing? I'm not talking about the actual... Like, the, the venue will be Rod Laver. I just mean, like, the, the area in general. Where they... Like, the, the tennis park, I guess, where they've got all the courts and all of that. Like, the, okay. the name for the general area. 
I do know. know that there is a Melbourne Park, which is a venue for sporting events. I don't know if that seems to be Olympic Park. According to Wikipedia, it is the the 2018 Australian Open. It was a tennis tournament played at Melbourne Park. Okay, okay this is very Melbourne. interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go and get some soup now. <laughs> okay. All right. Enjoy your soup. Thank you. I made it myself. Or Kai helped me. We made it together. <laughs> uh, we cooked. We never cook. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the woman in the supermarket was asking us, she's like, oh, you guys buying so many produce. Do you like, do you enjoy cooking? I was like, <laughs> I can't no, really answer no. So I was very political. I was like, I love the, I love eating the food. That's the outcome of the cooking. <laughs> so I think I dodged that one. 